You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we're going to kind of freestyle this one. I don't have anything in particular. I don't have anything that I feel is like oppressing, what have you. The only thing that I want to talk about is Olu Oluwatimi. Uh, obviously, the addition that Michigan got in him has been huge, and that's been more evidenced uh, by the fact that he won the Remington Trophy. But otherwise, we are going to kind of just whatever hits me, Old school, the way that we just kind of have a conversation about all things Michigan football. That is the goal. That is the plan. I do want to do a uh, one quick kind of mentioning of how I think this will go uh, in this current space. So the upload rates on the video, I've learned, uh, are extremely slow. Old place, it took about two hours, one to two hours, depending on the video to upload. I think it took about six hours for each. Granted, I was uploading two videos yesterday, but it took about six hours for both of those, maybe a little bit longer for both those to upload. So if you are a watcher, know that you can, if, you, if you're craving the content, and uh, obviously I'm, I'm kind of all over the board when it comes to when I post because it's always kind of when I can do it. You know, schedule's always changing. Uh, with press conferences and different things. Uh, but uh, know that, it, you know, if, if you think there's one up, you can always go and check the, the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts and listen before you watch, just so you know. That is an option available because it's going to take a little bit longer than it did before between the uh, the video upload or the audio upload and the video upload. All right, let's talk about Olu Oluwatimi. I mean, what an addition. I still think it's kind of crazy, right? Because uh, Olu was a second-team All-Big Ten player, right? And this is the thing that I was saying, like, in the preseason. If you are an—it's not even an OG. If you've been following along for the last couple months, you, you knew that my opinion was that Olu, before he ever played a down for Michigan, was going to end up being the Remington Trophy winner. And that's precisely what ended up happening. You yesterday he last yesterday evening I was out at dinner and got the got the news that Olu had won the Remington Trophy. He's Michigan's third. He also won the Outland Trophy. He's Michigan's first, and that goes to an interior lineman, the best interior lineman on either side of the ball. So that goes to tell you exactly what he is. But yeah, he is uh, kind of. We're seeing some first team All American. I don't know if he'll be a consensus. Uh, he won't be unanimous, um, but he's kind of getting, uh, you know, he's behind some of the other Remington Trophy finalists, uh, Schmitz from Minnesota, and uh, I can't remember who the other one, the other center that's getting a lot of love. Uh, oh, yeah, Brett Nealon from USC. So it's kind of funny, right? Like, not good enough to be all Big Ten first team, but he is good enough to win the best award given <laughs> given to uh, a, a center as well as just an interior lineman on the other side of the ball. Uh, so it, it's funny how that all kind of works out, but 
You know what? It, it has worked, and I think it's been phenomenal for Michigan to have someone of his caliber being able to come in and do what he's been able to do. I mean, he's been an absolute road grader. And I think this is where, and this is probably where the conversation is going to start pivoting, uh, is this is where Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, why things are kind of starting to play out the way that people had always hoped. It's because of those men up front on either side of the ball. Now, the defensive line under Jim Harbaugh has long been, it's been good throughout the entire duration. It was good even before he arrived in Ann Arbor, maybe not elite. I remember 2014 looking at defensive ends, some of those defensive ends, and it was like they they would be not playing now, and those were starters probably. Things have changed in a big way as far as that's concerned. But even in like 2016, if they had a line like this in 2016, they would have won the national championship. They wouldn't have lost at Iowa. They wouldn't have lost to to Ohio State. They would have been able to run the ball. I, I think that they're doing a really good job at the positions that matter now. Uh, because no, this is kind of what we talked about in the lead up to the Ohio State game. You win games in the trenches. Sometimes you can negate that with just pure speed, athleticism, and talent. Uh, and that was kind of my fear going into the Ohio State game, especially with Blake Corum out, was that Ohio State was just, it, it wasn't going to matter that Michigan's defensive line was dominating, uh, that they were going to be able to find their way around it. Now, Michigan's defensive line, it kind of either line didn't dominate until the second half in that game. Uh, I, it kind of felt like a feeling out process to some degree, and then they figured it all out in the second half, as Jesse Minner teams tend to do. Uh, but it was one of those things where they, they did ultimately dominate, right? The guys like Braden McGregor, Jalen Harrell, Yabioki, they were all living, I mean, even Mozzie Smith, uh, Mason Graham had some big plays. I know we're going back a couple weeks here, but they all were living in the backfield in the second half. So, and then obviously the they were paving the road on the other side in the second half. Uh, that is what we've kind of been waiting to see, and I think I, it started to really come to fruition. I mean, we started to see signs of it coming to fruition in 2018 with that offensive line. Uh, it, I mean, suddenly John Runyon Jr went from being a guy that you didn't want to see on the field to being the best lineman. They had all kinds of guys that were doing really good. Michael Onwenu, who's still doing great as a pro. Um, it, you know, they've got, they had guys, but not like what they have now. And it was kind of like Ed Warner helped that team walk so that they could run now. Because I don't think that you can separate that, right? They, they needed that bridge to get them back to respectability because they were not a respectable unit uh, necessarily. And I, I don't mean to, you know, degrade what some of those guys who are some of my guys, like Eric Magnuson, Kyle Kalis, you know, some of those guys, they were great, but it it's a different scenario now. This is like vintage Michigan football, bully ball. That's why when I think when you start thinking about TCU, this is something they haven't seen. They can sit there and be like, well, we're physical too. This is going to be a different level for them. And it's funny because I think when I see, like, when I go online and I see TCU fans talking, it reminds me probably of Michigan fans talking last year uh, about Georgia or even me talking about Georgia. I'm like, oh, I just feel like this is the team of destiny. I feel like they're going to they're gonna do it just because, you know, they, they finally got here. And then Georgia, you know, fans, we did the Locked On uh, Bulldogs crossover, and they're kind of like, yeah, that's cute. That's kind of how I feel looking with this TCU stuff. I think it's, 
it, it, it's kind of that, right? Because it's like what it was with even Ohio State this year. You know, they're talking like, oh, we're so physical. And it's like, well, let's see when you actually play Michigan and see how that works. And then sure enough, it didn't even take long before that, you know, their defensive line started kind of quitting. You know, that's how it goes. And it's the thing about college football. It's cyclical. Some of these things come back around. Some of the, you know, you have one of the new hotness might be the spread uh, uh, offense. Now everyone's running in some kind of spread, even Michigan to some degree. But power is not something you can defend because not, you know, most teams aren't running that anymore. All right. We, we are going to continue this conversation because I like where this is going. But before we do, listen, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so I, I, I like what, where, where this was going, this conversation, so I want to continue it. Because Jim Harbaugh essentially has zigged where others have zagged, and he even started to zag, right, with Josh Gaddis. And granted, like, they were still going to try to do some things up front, but, you know, they were trying to have the linemen slim down, be a little bit more nimble, and now we're back to just, I mean, so there's still some nimbleness there, right? Like, you know, Trevor Keegan is slimmed down. He looks more nimble, right? He isn't, he isn't nearly as big as he was, you know, but he's mean. And it seems like they are getting a group of guys that know how to do that. And here's the great news, because like you have a guy like Ryan Hayes who learned from a guy like Ben Bredesen, not the same position, but I remember Ben Bredesen. I mean, I can share this now, but Ben Bredesen came up to me directly. I, I think it was at the, um, for the Peach Bowl. And uh, they were doing the arcade thing, the go-karts, the arcade. And he was like, I got to tell you something. This Ryan Hayes kid, once he puts on the weight, is going to be incredible. Like, so good. Which prompted me to ask the question the next day when we had media availability and Ben Bredesen was there. I was like, hey. What do you think about Ryan Hayes? So uh, I can share that now. He's not with the program. And this was at a team sanction, what have you, as it was. But he told me that. Um, so if you remember back to this podcast in 2018 or you think back to some of the things on Wolverine's Wire, then maybe some of that makes a little sense. Uh, but, um, yeah, he it's you've got a guy like him who who learned from someone who played all four years, right? And it's like he takes it to that next level. And then a guy like Jeffrey Percy, 
learns from him. I mean, it could be Ladarius Henderson, maybe. Uh, but then, you know, with guys like Trevor Keegan, Zach Sinner, they learn from their predecessors. And then these next guys, they, they all pay it forward, which is what Michigan's kind of been missing and what is the 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 one thing that they have long needed is having uh, these guys that impart a lot of the uh, the values as well as work ethic, as well as just kind of nasty demeanor that's necessary up front. But I mean, it's not limited to just the line play. It is something that I think is the whole team. That's why it's that much more disappointing with Cade McNamara and his parting shots as a captain, because, you know, Aiden Hutchinson would not have done that. And I think that Cade, Cade had the similar effect on the offense as Aiden had on the defense. It really is like the antithesis of uh, don't get bitter, get better. It's like he got bitter while he's trying to get physically better. So, but I think overall, I think that's where having a guy like JJ is great because you know, as much as there probably were some slight locker locker room riffs, I don't think that those last very long when you start winning, right? If JJ's out there making plays the way he's making them. You can be as loyal to another guy and say, that's my brother, but guess what? I like going to national championship games. You know what I mean? So that only counts for so much, but... The good thing is, is having some of those guys that I think have learned the right lessons. I think JJ and Donovan Edwards, even just being in the program for a year, they're learning the right lessons. Thanks to guys like Ronnie Bell. You know, I I think that that's where things start to be really good because then those next guys are going to have that. It's not, I think the greater part is it's not me, 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 or Juwan Howard would say me, 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 I, 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 me, me, me. Every time I'm transcribing him, it's like, okay. But that's great for the future of the program because then other guys aren't going to sit there and they're going to see, okay, hold on. I need to, you know, I need to get better before I'm able to go out there. That's where having a guy like Ayabi and uh, Oki, who, who had told me at one point, um, another thing I'm going to share with you, which I probably shouldn't, but. He told me at one point that, uh, so I, I was, he, he, you know, we ran into each other, okay? And we, you know, we obviously have known each other because I covered his recruitment. I've, I interviewed him as any longtime watcher, listener will know because I brought it up when he transferred in uh, that, you know, I interviewed him down at one of the satellite camps. It was one of the weirdest interviews I'd ever had, but it's like he's trying to make up for that now that he is much more mature. And he was telling me, like, you know, this was like week four-ish. He's like, people keep on wanting to see more of me. And I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to, like, get the work in. I'm trying to earn it. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to sit here and say, I have the talent. You need to put me out there. He's like, I'll play more when I have earned it. That is the mentality that a team like Michigan needs to have, especially because they don't have the same amount of five stars as, say, like a Georgia. Georgia might have a similar overall mentality, similar scheme, similar style, but they are laden with five stars. And if you can get guys that have talent and that can work the way that Michigan works, you've got a shot. 
And the good thing is, is it seems like they are paying it forward. These guys that whether they're a, a young, you know, a younger guy on the team, but an older guy like Ayabioki, whether they're some of these guys who just got some early playing time. Uh, I, I say early, but the one of them I'm going to mention is a junior, uh, at least a third year or whatever. Jeffrey Percy or like a second year guy like uh, Gio Alhadi. Uh, some of those guys, right, they they understand that, all right, when it's my time, I need to have the same demeanor as my predecessor. And I, I know what it takes to win because I watched how these guys won. And also schematically, zigging while, you know, zagging while others are zigging or vice versa, however you want to call it, with Jim Harbaugh and the fact that they are doing this power run type thing with some spread concepts mixed in from an offensive standpoint it becomes really difficult for other teams to defend, especially, uh, you know, it's it, if you look at that second level, linebackers used to be 240, 250 pounds. Heck, I remember it was a couple years ago, the Lions drafted a Tavai, and it was like, what are you doing getting a 242-pound linebacker? I mean, that's what they used to be, right? Because it was like, it wasn't about speed. It wasn't about going sideline to sideline. It was about meeting that running back in the hole and saying no. And now it's all about speed. It's all about sideline to sideline. Sometimes you get a guy that can still thump like Devin Bush. But when you're suddenly running up against a buzzsaw like Michigan's offensive line is add in some tight ends and all that, yeah, you're going to make some teams tap out because they aren't accustomed to that. Because what we call basketball on grass has become like, okay, only like the real, real, real air raid-ish ones out there in basketball on grass. But everyone's kind of got some elements to it nowadays. It isn't all about grinding teams down and being tough. And teams like Ohio State went out there and said, we're tough, we're tough, we're tough, until they met a tougher team and realized maybe – Maybe no. So I like where this team is going. Let's continue the conversation because, again, I'm still liking this trajectory. Uh, By the way, the plan is to try to have a Saturday show to make up for the one day I missed from more moving stuff. So we've had a couple days, even today, went much later than I wanted to because I had to get a U-Haul and trek some stuff back and do the whole thing still. That's still going to be a progress scenario for at least the next week all right can we pause set for a second okay we're paused great because you have got to try this i'm talking about built bars new reimagined flavors that's cookie dough topper coconut brownie bar coconut brownie topper white chocolate peppermint granola it's built steak on the granola bar so it's more filling still insanely tasty and candy cane brownie puff that's right built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. I can attest to that. I, I, the, the puffs are so good. Nothing wrong with the originals, the OG bars. The puffs are where it's at. First off, anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. Uh, they're revolutionizing nutrition. As we know, with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and they're shockingly low sugar and calories. It's 130 calories. You all know that I've been watching and listening for a while. I double up on those bad boys. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new built flavors. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards, 
You're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. That's an unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable, but I mean, some of those white chocolate, peppermint, granola, I mean, get in the holiday spirit, y'all. They're all different, so you can order a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKDOWN15 at Built.com. I just want to come out of break by saying I love Built Bar. I do. Um, that That is not something that they're asking me to say. It's something that I'm just telling you because they're so good. They are so good. Um, and uh, I want everyone to know it. So yeah, here here's the good news moving forward is no matter what happens this year, if Michigan, let's say, I mean, as long as Michigan gets the national championship game, I think you're still on the climb, right? You're still on the progression. Whether they they win or they lose, win and the, the entire landscape has changed dramatically. You are in literally in Dabo land, right? I, I would get to have a very wonderful uh, clapback at Ari Wasserman at The Athletic, who uh, I got into it with uh, early in the season when he said it was Penn State that was the closest to challenging Ohio State. Um, you you would be in rarefied air if you could win that national championship. Not a lot of the teams have done that. If you don't, you're still right there, right? You just got to continue doing what you're doing. There's something to be said about the climb. And I feel like this is something that's been missing in sports nowadays. Everyone wants that instant gratification. And I think for me, when I started losing interest in the NBA, uh, was initially with the Boston Celtics. Uh, when they, you know, that was at least through like free agency, but they completely changed the face of their team in one offseason. And then it was certainly the Heat with uh, LeBron and D. Wade and uh, Bosh. The Heat were like my kind of like quiet second favorite team behind the Pistons because uh, I really liked like, you know, I remember watching D. Wade, young D. Wade, watching Lamar Odom and, you know, they had like Karan Butler and some others there. And I, I was like, this could be like a scary good team. You know, down the road. And I know they, they got Shaq there for a minute. And, you know, I, I didn't like that as much either. But there's something to be said about the climb. You know, it, about, be you know, being far away and then getting close, but not quite. And again, I'm going to liken to the Pistons. 2002, 2003, you get to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time. Uh, and you play against the Nets. You lose. And it's like, okay, we're not there yet. The next year, yes, they added Rashid Wallace midseason, uh, which kind of, kind of changed the game, right? A couple other guys like Mike James, are just great role players. And then they get there. There's something about that. I mean, heck, even the fact that the Tigers didn't win a World Series, I mean, in a way, it almost doesn't matter to me, which might sound defeatist, but. To me, it was as exciting watching the team go from okay. I mean, it wasn't, they weren't super awful. They weren't good in 05. And then 06, suddenly they're in the World Series. And to me, 
not winning it is almost fine. It would have been greater if, I mean, better if they did win it, but it would have been the best, honestly, if it was like then the next year. But I mean, even then, like they, they had a long string of success going forward after that. So I, I, I miss that about sports because now you've got teams that aren't necessarily building towards it. Isn't that old, like Michael Jordan needs to figure out how to beat the Pistons to be able to win it all. Right. It's who in the transfer portal can we get? What, who in the free agency can we get? Who, you know, it, it used to be more through the draft and now it became through free agency. Um, and now it's the, you know, and like I said, now it's the transfer portal, which is fine. It's, it's basically professionalized college sports as far as the way it operates. But if Michigan can find a way to win it this year, that's part of the climb. If they don't, but are competitive against Georgia, if that is who, if they do make it to the championship game and Georgia is who they play, it's also part of the climb, right? As long as they eventually get there. But at least now you're learning. And you just don't want to get to a point where you're like the Tigers in 2012, right? Where it's like hearing the words pitchers and catchers report next week are like anathema because you're like, we have to do this whole thing all over again just to get to that final part. I do think there is some degree with Michigan fandom that is that uh, because I think it, that's what makes it when, you know, they're playing uh, some awful non-conference games and everything. You're like, all right, let's just fast forward to the games that we care about and then we'll care. Right. I've, I've noticed that at least in terms of uh, fan readership and things of that nature, it's not the excitement level isn't there as much as it is when it's just like, it's anybody's shot. When there's expectations, things change. Michigan has got expectations now, but it's still in that fun part. It's still in the climb. And, uh, I like the way this team is built for it. It's it. The unfortunate thing is Georgia's built kind of the same way, but if you can go out there and, out Georgia, Georgia, then you know you've got something. Dabo was known for Clemsoning until he was known for being a perennial college football playoff contender, participator, winner, right? That's how it works. Remember, before the college football playoff, it wasn't even Clemson. It was Florida State. Florida State was in the first one. Then suddenly, here comes Clemson. Now Clemson is right there with Alabama. Heck, Alabama. They made it to the national championship. Everyone thought they were going to get rolled by Texas. Colt McCoy goes down. Everything changes. You can change a complete legacy that fast. We could be sitting here talking a year from now about how Michigan is far, far superior to anything Ohio State has had uh, just based off of the last two years. I mean, probably not because Ohio State's in this playoff and Ohio State's been a regular competitor, but things can turn on a head like that, right? That's the beauty of college football. That's why I love it. Enjoy the climb. I feel like it's moving in the right direction, starting from the trenches on up. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Like I said, I'm going to try to have, I don't have any plans necessarily, but I'm going to try to do a Saturday show, make up for the missed one. We're going to try to do as best we can to... uh to get back to five days a week, even when life is happening. But thank you for watching and or listening. We will talk to you again soon. Peace.